Hello, everybody. Welcome back to SMB Now. This is episode 47 for May 20th. Josh, who's sponsoring us today? Take two. This week's episode is brought to you by the Silver Corner Bar. The Silver Corner Bar in Wallace is offering to-go beer and wine and select cocktails on Friday and Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Cocktails are prepared in a container which delivers three drinks. The price is $20 for each container or two for $38. Please visit the Silver Corner Bar Facebook page for this week's cocktail menu and beer on tap. Growler fills are $14. Pick up a Silver Corner Growler and fill it for $30. Or you can mix and match craft Six packs for $11. The Silver Corner Bar is located at 601 Cedar Street in Wallace. They need a fancy... They We've been telling them... They need a, I'll, I'll have to talk, talk to Jocelyn. She needs a... They need a slogan. Catchphrase. Put the corner. No. <laughs> put, put the growler on... It puts the growler on the corner. It puts the growler in your hand. <laughs> I feel like they should do something off it of that. It puts your cocktails on the mantle. Did, did you get to try that award-winning cocktail that they have? The I wrote the story. He's shaking his head. I wrote the story and I can't remember what it was called. It, it's delicious. The one though. that Carrie likes. Yes, it's delicious. Well, Carrie's tried it, and if Carrie signed off on it, that's good. That's absolutely true. That's a that is a stark, glowing review. Should have uh, like like in Parks and Recreation, like Joan has. The, the, the book club ah, sticker. Joan Calamazzo's Book of the Month Club. Yes. 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 Dude. What's we up? We got Monica in the house again. We do have Monica. Monica, what welcome up? back. Yes. Hello. These are always the best weeks. After after stage two is now in effect, which we will talk about because yeah. that's on our front page, but now we can we can have her back in here. We don't have to do that social distancing nonsense anymore. Guilt no, free. Sitting on each other's laps right now. Right. We're just stacked. Sharing up. drinks. <laughs> Got this one sippy cup. I got a kazoo. A kazoo. It's packed full of my spit. We've been sharing this kazoo. We need to get a kazoo now. <laughs> I feel like... Or sound least, effects. We really I was saying, bare minimum, I needed a kazoo sound effect. I'm going to work on that. That's going to happen. We're, we have a lot of great ideas for the podcast, and they are. we're going to shoot for July at our one-year mark to, to roll them out. So yeah. I'll put that on the list. Kazoo noise. On the list. Dude, Perfect. What, what is happening? Well, you're another another year older. I am another year older. I am another trip around the sun. I am. I have. I've made it. Uh, it's that's pr- pretty good, you know, because uh, some people don't. Twenty seven so, is where all those uh, like famous you know, people, yeah, yeah, famous people die at twenty seven. Yeah, perfect. Um, I can't think of it. Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. James uh, Joplin. Uh, James Dean. Um, at twenty seven, yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, Kurt Cobain. I might be making that. See, but we no, remember right. all the. I think you're right. But we remember all those people. So I mean, if I go out at 27, you're a silverized celebrity. Something like and that. And chance Memorial Day is right around the corner. Oh no. Yeah. What does that so, mean? So we average of let's yeah one well, death well, a year on Memorial Day. Like since Chance started here, we have covered one. And it goes back farther than that. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've had a, like an unusual death. An unusual death. So last year, and uh, not even making a joke, it, it is weird coincidence. Last year was the student from Wallace High School who died on the highway. Uh, they were mm-hmm. shooting fireworks off oh, in the car. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I yep. And the year before the... that, I believe, was the fellow who crashed his UTV in Osborne into yeah. the trailer of a semi-truck. Yeah. That was on the Saturday. The year before that, I believe, was uh, the woman that fell in the river, right? Yeah. Oh, Shannon Susan, maybe. Uh, we had multiple people that year. 
Yeah. There was two people that year, and then the year before that was a dirt biking accident Yeah, uh, up on the North Fork. We've covered... So many deaths on Memorial Day. Is it just one, people, like, getting wicked? I wonder if just people, like... So, and that's just yeah. the last four years. Uh, I spoke with uh, a, a former Shoshone County Sheriff's deputy who's been in the Valley forever their entire life, and they said that the streak goes on further than just the right. four years that I've been here. And in fact, it's more of an uncommon occurrence when someone doesn't die. No, if we make it through Memorial Day weekend and no one dies in... Shoshone County, it's a positive. Like a net gain. For yeah. Us. Well, you so. know what? We've been hit pretty hard in 2020, so maybe, maybe we're we'll going to get a break. break. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we've had enough. Yeah, I can I get down on that. I'm hoping so. I, everybody, if you're going out and partying and, and having a good time, like, go for it. Like, we've all been cooped up for, but God, be safe, please. Yeah, please don't do anything. We don't, so. we don't, want, we to, don't want to work. We don't we want, want to write about it. Yeah. 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 When you die, we have to cover it. So... <laughs> Don't add. You're making us work. work. Don't add to our workload. None of us want to work this weekend. <laughs> Gosh. In all seriousness, please be safe. Please be safe. Um, so Friday headlines. Friday headlines. Friday, uh, May fifteenth. I see on the upfront here that the uh, the news press wanted to wish managing editor Chance Watson a happy birthday. That's cool. Oh yeah, cool. Managing editor of the Shoshone News Press. I know him. Yeah. yeah. Celebrity. <laughs> Age twenty seven. <laughs> Happy birthday. Thank you. Chance, that's so great. So nice they did that for you. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely didn't type that myself. That's... <laughs> oh. uh, so this is honestly, like, that's... I've never noticed... I mean, is it always called up front? Yeah. yeah um, they'll no, they'll always... run... Um, <laughs> we'll run, like, small, uh, like... Like, humorous factoids or, like, people like, oh, shout out to Bobby... Yeah. Joan Hill, because we've even ran some kudos up there before. Yeah, just okay. like, oh, we're so proud of you and what you've done in your. I was really years like hoping, hoping, hoping. I was really hoping. Slash hoping is good though. Hoping. The hoping. Hope uh, that you just made that up for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> created a segment. How do I sneak it in here? Hmm, uh-huh. I better call it. In that lovely peachy orange strip there on the side. You know, back in my day, this was for COVID coverage. This was a very serious mm-hmm. section of coverage. But you know now, what's going to be sad, though, that we're going to actually be able to say that? Like, back in my day, the paper had, like, a section for COVID-19 news. And then they just switched it to Jesus just birthday. whatever, just a bunch of riffraff. Just birthdays. Birthdays. You know? Kudos. Celebrate them birthdays. 27. Forever Brought Josh's sports coverage back. I want the COVID news. Oh, gosh. Bring back that COVID. I wish um, there was sports. So, headline. What was the headline on Friday? Let the graduations commence. Oh, yeah. I wrote that. I did that story. So, tell, us, um, tell us about it, Josh. For those, those people who uh, may not know, with the COVID, the, uh, the COVID had put everything kind of on hold. And, like, graduating seniors didn't know if, well, seniors didn't know if they were going to have graduation ceremonies. No, graduating Which, seniors is correct. I'm fairly certain that non-graduating seniors probably didn't. Aren't having graduated. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. One, that's a 100% Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we know that no matter what special ceremonies, the non-graduating seniors will not be participating in those Correct, either. so it's not on their mind. So <laughs> Bears eat beets. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm way off. So um, Kellogg, so, Wallace, and Mullen did not know what they were doing. They for didn't know what they were doing, and there was a lot of like rigmarole and loopholes that were mm-hmm. put into scheduling these ceremonies. You had to come up with a plan. 
then you had to have that that plan approved by like Panhandle Health and the CDC and like the whole thing had to like be like really 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 strict. And the pressure was on too because over across the hill in Post Falls and Coeur d'Alene, they announced like I think the week before that yeah. they were going to hold all of those graduation ceremonies at the Kootenai County Fairgrounds. Right. Whoa, uh-huh. yeah. that's pretty cool. So they're having big slash not cool. Yeah, big right. Ceremonies. Like it sucks, but at the same time, that's pretty unique. You know, one thing that I will say for them, they're kind of experiencing something similar to like what other schools in like like Pocatello. Mm-hmm. There's like three or four major high schools down there. They all hold their graduation ceremonies at Holt Arena. Um, they don't do it at their school. Hmm. They have them at this arena that can accommodate the bigger groups of people. Sure. And um, so it's really not as intimate as it is for like some of the schools here that have it at their building. Um, but for Kellogg, Wallace, and Mullen, they had to figure something out. Mullen, hmm. they were the first school to have their plans approved and ready uh, and set. Ap- approved by who? The Panhandle Health. Okay. So... And they had to be, well, approved by their school board and then Panhandle Health. And, uh, and it had to follow the governor's yeah. criteria. Theirs is pretty simple. Now, we we give Mullen uh, a little bit of crap sometimes because mm-hmm. they're so small. They arguably could have stayed open in the face of all this because they could have practiced, like, social distancing with no more than, like, five people in a room mm-hmm. throughout their entire school district. Yeah. And, like, they wouldn't have been in violation. Like, they would have <laughs> sure. been very much... Still, sure. Still. And so, and taking that logic to the graduation, there's what five or six graduating seniors. Usually, they average about five or six seniors. So, their ceremony is going to be the student, uh, immediate parents or guardians, not like siblings, not grandma, not grandpa. Sure, parent, parents and guardians, um, the principal, and I believe the superintendent. Okay, and they're doing it in the pavilion. Okay, so that's Friday night at six. I will always be this Friday. Yeah. Wow. I think that second. I. That pavilion, I, I think that Wallace and Kellogg people would like to... They don't want to admit, but that They're, pavilion is... Oh, the pavilion is dope. Now that really they have nice. scoreboards on both sides of the floor, mm-hmm. that that facility is tops. It is really nice. I love that facility. It's yep. so cool. Yep. Okay, um, Wallace. And Wallace and Mullen always graduate a week earlier than Kellogg, if you didn't know that, Monica. They graduate... But they also start a week earlier, too. didn't know that, but I read that in the paper. Oh, good. In fact, fun fact... So, because Josh usually takes the photo for Kellogg, and I take the graduation photos from Mullen and Wallace, uh, they frustratingly hold them on the same day, an hour from apart from each other. Oh, so you have to be like... So I have to go to from the Mullen graduation to the Wallace graduation and hopefully get photos of both. And I usually just go the day before graduation and get a really big class picture when there's no pressure while they're practicing. Oh, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Uh, Wallace and Mullen don't... Uh, don't do that like that. So chance, so chance really kind of has to just. Oh, I don't mind it. It's a, I mean everybody's really happy. It's a great time. It's and usually I can get some really good shots of of Mullen. They line up on the, they used to line up on the stage in that small gym. Uh, not this year, obviously. Um, and then Wallace, I always like to get him out on the that stair that stairwell that front. Are we stairwell. going to have graduation photos this year? How are we going to pull that off? That's another discussion. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure <laughs> but, it out. But uh, Kellogg and Wallace are kind of taking a similar route. Uh-huh. Um, they have bigger classes. Uh, they are going to use their parking lots and kind of have these like grandiose drive-in graduation ceremonies. Okay. Where people can watch from a parked car. Um, they're going to try to limit that to like one car per student. So like no buses, no RVs. Do we have dates like on these? Uh, Wallace's is this Friday, the 22nd at 7, and Kellogg's is next Saturday. When's Mullen's? 
Friday the 22nd itself. Oh, gotcha. I said that. Same gotcha. day, oh, okay, same gotcha, gotcha. Same day, same right. day, just an hour difference, just gotcha. like normal. Perfect. Awesome. Glad they didn't uh, change that. You'll remember yeah. once yeah. you get there and mm-hmm. you have to... Once you have to Take get some photo. really, really good photos. <laughs> um, Kellogg's is next Saturday, but they're going to use the drive-in style, and then kids will file out of each car as their names are called through loudspeakers and come up and get their come up and get their diplomas. So it's going to be a little bit more time consuming because the walk's going to be a little longer than usual. But, but what, what's anybody doing? Yeah, at this point, getting out of the house and just hanging out is probably going to be a lot of fun. Oh, absolutely. So um, it's just a big deal that these uh, these schools are still having these ceremonies because, quite frankly, we didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Um, I am talking to principals right now, kind of putting a story together on uh, like what it means for these individual students to have the opportunity to still have a graduation ceremony. Uh, a lot of these kids, so like, for instance, Kellogg's uh, students haven't been inside Kellogg High School since March 17th. So, like... Over two months now. Yeah, it'll, it'll, two months. Yeah, it'll be two and a, they, they missed out on the last two and a half months of school in their building because they've <clears> had to work from home. I had the opportunity, um, so I went, uh, we're going to talk about stage two here in a second, so this is a perfect segue, but um, I was able to... Uh, talked to a uh, Kellogg High School uh, student at the at the gym, which I was the uh, SMC Wellness Center. They opened up on Monday. Mm-hmm. I was able to go, and there was uh, one there that I was familiar with, and I got to chat with her. And she was talking about how you know she's really hoping to get ready for the soccer team, but that's kind of up in the air at the moment. So when does soccer start? In, um, the, fall. in the fall. Yeah, start. Well, it starts in August. Soccer is like. The- Hardest sport to me. It would, it would, mm-hmm. so it would be exhausting. Well, in Kellogg, soccer struggles because they're always young. That's true. And they have quarterly charter in the league with them. Didn't they just lose a coach too? No, unless Mr. Coach Peterson quit. I mm. don't think he did though. Okay. But yeah, no, I was just curious because I didn't know that we had any soccer players that were in the the gym. But no big deal. Mm-hmm. We'll trend. We'll just move on from that. Okay, moving to the center of the page now. We're talking about, uh, on May 15th, actually, the day before, we entered Stage 2. And yes, I will continue to mark it as Initiate Stage Insert Number. Uh, stage 2 started on March or May 16th. But that's I said the day before. It would have been the day after Friday. May 15th was the day before. That's Stage oh, 2. Oh, you're reading it from... Okay, gotcha. I'm yeah. like, no, no, yeah. why are you... Cause see the paper. Know how time works? Why are you doing this backwards? <laughs> you, know. you silly boy. You know when you describe a day, you always say the day before, yeah. and then you mention the day after. <laughs> right. <laughs> what is this? You know. So, um, initiate stage two. Uh, this was co byline by Josh and I. Uh, taking a closer look at, we're going to do this for every time that we enter, uh, enter a new stage. In yeah. fact, stage three was kind of planned to be one of the more boring ones, but... Uh, yeah, there's booze involved now. <laughs> now there's now uh, the governor has... Uh, what moved, would you say? That upgraded them? He, Not he, upgraded them. He, uh, yeah, upgraded fast-tracked them. them. Fast-tracked them. There you to, go. To stage three from stage four. They were, they were before, they were with in stage four with nursing homes and movie theaters. Movie theater and mass gatherings. And mass gatherings. So, like, you, you could go to church in stage one... You could go to a concert in stage four, mm-hmm. but apparently to have a beer in an establishment, it was more like going to the concert than mm-hmm. it was going to the church. 
So in any yeah, so in any case, uh, that's been fast tracked to stage three, which we'll get more into when we actually write about stage three. Stage three is so boring outside of the bars. Yeah, there's not there's not much else that opens like specific business wise. But right. in stage two, we do now have uh, what it, what is the term that they used for? I know it's it's hair salons and it's pers- like uh, close care. Close, yeah. Um, close care centers, so salons, tanning booths. Let me pull that up. Uh, gyms, places like that, which was actually pretty hilarious. So I was in Coeur d'Alene over the weekend, and on Saturday, there was a line out the door at the tanning Close place, contact right? services. Yes, close That's contact services. Yeah. There was a line out the door of the tanning place next to Buffalo Wild Wings, like, like 30 people strong. For real? Out the door. Like, you could... And they're all... Like, you could see... They weren't, like, in couples. They were standing... Yeah. Like... Separated. Yeah. Yeah. Close enough. Because they they had to go get their tan on. They needed their... uh, They needed to get their their number eights. If you're a Friends fan, you'll get the... You're not a Friends fan? I mean, like, I watch it. I get some... When Ross goes and gets tanned. Yeah. Yeah. He gets two fours in the front. Yeah. (laughs) I yes, one I remember, of my favorite. Episodes. I remember the episode quite well. Yeah, because he doesn't wait long enough mm-hmm. for the count. He <laughs> just keeps getting hit with the force on one side. Oh, his face! It's good stuff. Oh, he ends up looking like like Middle Eastern, like not even like dark, like mm-hmm. like a weird, yeah, like Indian, like he's that mm-hmm. like not black but not like tan, yeah. Indian color. Yeah. Does that have like where does that fall into place with like that meme of him wearing like the black like the all black get up where he looks and they like oh it, the meme is like they compare him to the Witcher. Have you seen that? No. He but looks like he's got like a great, like, tight though. leather pants and like a big puffy black shirt. Oh. Oh, oh I know what that I know what that episode is, but when I can't take the pants off yeah. and he can't get back on. <laughs> black leather. <laughs> and his legs got hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tries to use baby powder. Oh, that's a great episode. Baby powder and lotion. Um, unfortunately, we can't go on Netflix anymore and watch it. So he created a paste. <laughs> oh, I can remember that line perfectly. I've made paste. All right. So stage two, Josh. Stage two. Well, and stage two is really kind of self-explanatory. So you talk. We you talked to a couple of businesses. Or I, I talked to some some hairstylists, um, salon owners, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, Blondies uh, and Q's. Blondies and Q's cuts in Wallace. Uh-huh. Uh, what they have to say? They just kind of talked about how happy they are to finally be getting back to work. They're telling people to be patient or asking people to be patient with them because people have wanted to get like they've been trying to like reserve spots since they saw the stage like the layout for the stages. Yeah. Um, no, the haircut thing is like serious. Like yeah. more than anything, everybody's like, "I need a haircut. Yeah, I need to get my hair colored." Yeah, I need I need it right well, now. I know I took my wife and daughter to Coeur d'Alene to get pedicures mm. because it had been a long time, and they started to look like they had like Velociraptor claws going That's on so down gross. there. It was yeah. horrifying, and so like it's just a big deal for sure. them, and they were really happy to to be opening. Susie um, Susie Quincy and uh, Carol McCarver. Carol McCarver and Carol she kind of does things a little differently. So she owns Blondies, but then she like sublets the stations. Okay. To individual people. I've heard do, about them doing that before, yeah. Um, and so she just kind of, you know, she felt bad for her, Her, she calls them her girls. They mm-hmm. work there. They they are independent contractors, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they went 
you know, seven, eight weeks without being able to make money. Yeah. Unless they were sneaking and going to people's houses and doing stuff right, they probably weren't right. supposed to. Um, so it's just been tough. And the way that the financial assistance programs were laid out, they don't really benefit and help people in those kinds of spots. Like, it's really tough. So they're just happy to be getting back to work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, uh, in that same story I spoke with, I actually spoke with uh, Johnny Nosworthy. She's the manager over at uh, SMC Fitness Center in, in Smelterville. Um, they are, and kind of saw this firsthand when I went into the gym on Monday, but uh, they, they're, they're also happy to be open, but they've got, uh, I mean, they're real serious about the whole social distancing thing. Um, you know, every other treadmill is closed, you know, can't, uh, can't be running next to other people. Uh, so just taking it seriously, I guess, which, you know, I suppose they should be. I think it's really frustrating for me when I go in there and I just can't get on the treadmill, you know? Does that break your heart? It really does bum me out. You gotta mm-hmm. get outside and ride your, ride your bike. Um, yeah. Restaurants also had uh, new regulations as well, didn't they? Um, just kind of that they could only operate at like 50% of their capacity. But you can go sit down now. You can sit down again. Um, there were some places that were already breaking. Cool. They were following their own rules. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places that were open for takeout, uh, like big chain restaurants didn't open up. Sure. Um, well, and we were talking about bars earlier. So technically if you have, I, I've heard the term, I don't know if this is true or not. I'd have to double check it, but I've heard that if 60% of your sales come from food, Mm -hmm. you can open. So that opens up like breweries that have food options. Serve hard A. They're still restricted from serving their hard alcohol. Right, exactly. So you can get a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I like lived phase two up to like the fullest on Saturday. Like we went out and had lunch at City Limits. My wife got a beer. Awesome. She got a pedicure. Like all the like Did all the stage two. We stuff. just live stage two up except for that whole trip. Maybe we could day. make this a trad. Maybe in the future we just make it a tradition now. Like through the month of May, we just do a stage one thing, a stage two thing, a stage three thing. I'm gonna go tan. For and then on every st- year, and then stage four, you go see your grandparents. Yeah, or go see a movie or a movie that would be nice. There you go. Cancel my James Bond. Really upsets me. Yeah, that is. That is but otherwise, you know, stage two is kind. Of, I think so. Stage, stage two goes from May thirtieth to June twelfth. No, that's stage three. Sorry, I apologize. Stage two goes until May thirtieth, and then on May thirtieth, that's stage three. That's uh, from May thirtieth to June twelfth, and then after that, stage four, June thirteenth to the twenty sixth. Right. So we're looking forward to uh, stage three. A um, little uh, social drinking. I don't think ever hurt anybody, um, and it might save some people's sanity even. So mm-hmm. you know, but otherwise, Absolutely. I feel like we're moving right along. Don't be stupid. That's haven't weird. had any. Haven't still haven't had any huge problems here. Um, right. As of today, well, I guess I could. Yeah, we'll. we'll I'll double check. We're not that. Wisconsin, you know. We didn't just open everything up all at once. All right. But as long as you're not like break, like going out of your way to break the rules, like we're gonna we're gonna progress just fine through this and get back to our weird new normal by the middle of June. And definitely, definitely, things will be. Are we really gonna notice? Right. Right. Um, Also, uh, some county facilities also uh, got a little more lax on their uh, regulations as well, like the courthouse and whatnot. The courthouse, the police station. Yep. Yeah. Opening a little little bit. bit. The only thing that's still pretty strict is district court. Yep. But that makes sense because of... Jail population. Jail population. Yep. Yep. Um, Going to the side rail here, uh, deputy sees 223 grams of meth from an abandoned car. Now, this is a very strange... 
story. And I even asked more questions from S the SO about this. And uh, since it's an ongoing investigation, there I couldn't get too much information. So uh, if they're if you're like, oh, it's still there's still a lot of unanswered questions here. Yes, there is. But that's uh, so much meth. That's uh, this is a lot of meth. So if you want, yeah, I don't. Have Monica, turn to A six. No, I've seen it, but I oh, don't you have anything okay. to compare it to. Like, is like. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, give people, Monica. Tell people a visual here. Like, what? How much meth is this? Yeah, let me tell you about this photo that looks like. I mean, it honestly looks like you're it bake. It looks like sugar cubes to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it is a lot of meth. How many? How many grams? Two hundred and twenty-three. So like. Are you converting that right now? Yeah, I'm kind of curious. I, okay, do we know... Can I ask? Go ahead. How... Hmm. So that's half a pound of meth. Okay, so that's okay. a lot. If you put it in pounds, but then also, like, I don't know how much meth a person would need to achieve the effects of meth. So I'm assuming, like, if you don't need very much, this is a lot. From what I've learned from previous meth stories, because unfortunately I've had to write a lot of them while uh, working here... Uh, it doesn't require a lot. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, but what's... Okay, so... And sometimes they'll even mix it with other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like, I saw it, and I'm like, well, that looks... I mean, it looks like a big bag of sugar. And that's it would be a lot of sugar, mm -hmm. if, it, if that's what we were talking about, innocent stuff. But So, um, so Google search, uh -huh. yeah. how much meth does it take to get high? What? Uh, <laughs> Don't worry about my search history. Uh-huh. Um, just from... Scrolling. Quick, quick glance. Quick glances. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, here's one. Here's mm, a, neat. The, Is it Yahoo Answers? Uh, Quora Answers. Mm, okay. Um, okay. Reliable. I don't know if it's reliable or not. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to be the best. But the whole... I saw a number about... Around where I live, the meth quality sucks so bad, so... Recovering drug addict here. Uh, two grams a day. Two grams to a get, day. And to, that's probably like a... That's what... She's a meth addict. So that's probably... So she's that's, got a high tolerance. So two grams a day, 223 grams. This woman could get high for like 111 days. So... That's we'll, that is so a we'll split, <laughs> So we'll split the difference here. We'll say like a newbie would probably need less than a gram. She needs two grams a day and she's an addict. So this would probably... So this is like a year's... A this is like a year's supply. Just about a year's supply. Right. Not to mention if you mix it with other stuff, which is, like I said, happens sometimes. So that's like... A, that is a... That's a lot of meth, and Gross. and this happened. This wasn't even from. Uh, so listen to this bizarre story. So, uh, it was on May tenth that uh, Deputy Gillis was patrolling in Smelterville when he noticed a, a large item appear to fall from the roof of a 2019 Silver Infinity with Washington license plates as it was heading west toward the Page area on no, Silver Valley Road. Two hundred twenty-three grams of meth. No, no, no. I couldn't even find out. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So Gillis sees the the briefcase fall off the roof and he's like oh i I'll, I'll grab that and give it back to him so he picks it up and he drives to the he finds the vehicle um parked uh in a grassy area off the roadway in a dead-end cul-de-sac seemingly abandoned to avoid police contact uh as he walked up to the vehicle to like find like give them back their briefcase he walks up and the vehicle's empty and it locks hmm. he's like okay that's like somebody pushes the button right somebody pushed the button to lock yeah. the car so uh, he walks up. He starts getting a huge whiff of weed. 
And he goes, all right, something's going on. He walks up closer, and he sees just beer cans inside, like empty beer cans and whatnot. He goes, all right, got to find out what's going on here. So he calls in. Uh, we just wrote about uh, Ben Abshar beforehand, uh, canine handler Ben Abshar with Deputy Lulu. Lulu. That's my favorite part of this. Drug, drug detection canine, Deputy Lulu. Deputy? One of the two. The other one is Midnight. Midnight and Lulu. Midnight and Lulu. Uh, calls in Lulu. Lulu uh, alerts to the car, meaning that she detects the presence of illegal substances, and she's only trained on like four or five of them, so it's one of them. Uh, <laughs> get, <laughs> Gives them probable cause to go in, and uh, they start searching around. As they as they get in there, a couple witnesses walk up to the car and say, "Hey, we just saw two dudes run into the wood, come out of the woods, and start running on the road, and they got in a car." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, "Okay." So they start. They look for. The, they couldn't find the car. Start searching the vehicle again. Found it in the front compartment, just a big baggie of meth. This big baggie of meth. Your supply. A year's supply of meth. of meth, unless you're a two gram a day recovering addict. How like how bummed would you be? I mean, obviously you made some bad choices in your life, so you know eventually the road is going to end, like lead to this. But like you had to leave. So this okay. <laughs> like, so this gets more bizarre. They figure they 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 run the plates on the car, and it's it's a rental vehicle to a woman out of Spokane. Mm. Get a hold of the woman. And they say, hey, we just found this rental vehicle that's in your name here in the valley. Oh, no. And she says, oh, I don't, I don't know where that is. It was stolen. And they go, did you report the vehicle stolen? Well, no. Huh. Okay. So possible, possible other third suspect involved in that. Uh, it's possible. Like I said, all of this is still under investigation. They're looking into it. Um so the two intoxicated males, let's see if there's anything else in here that I, I left out. Uh, occupants. So they're, um, they're believed to have been in drug trafficking, obviously, with the amount of meth that was found. And uh, SCSO is looking for any more information on it. If you know anything about this, 208-556-1114. So there's a major cliffhanger here, huh? Yeah, I, it's, I mean, you know, you get the result of fun. I mean, nobody was arrested, and it seemed like they kind of... I mean, I'm sure those two guys are definitely in trouble with somebody for losing that amount of meth. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are the repercussions? I can't even... Josh, Google... While we're talking about this, me me and Monica will will talk some more. Google how much money that is worth. 220 grams of meth. Street value. Because obviously you don't want to get in legal trouble. You know? Like, that's that's (laughs) a number one, like, the problem. But then, like, every single like drug movie you've ever seen like you know that there's like a bot there's somebody right those two guys are probably more worried about whoever they got that meth from than the actual cops because they can't be very high up on the totem pole because that's a rookie move to get that is a rookie move it's a rookie move to hide it where they did yeah Yeah. like you're you're driving a rental vehicle that's not yours thought of something Uh uh-huh what what was in the briefcase was not told uh, it's still under, it, it's an ongoing investigation Damn. and I was not told what was in the briefcase. I feel like that's some, like, Because I asked that specific. Christie type I stuff. know, I know. Major cliffhanger. I'm, so, I'm gonna, I'll follow this up for The price sure. of meth can vary widely. Okay. It's silver. From, <laughs> uh-huh. ranging from three to five hundred dollars per gram. No way! Do some quick math for me. Let's say it's worth five hundred. There's no way it's going for five hundred dollars here in the valley. There's no way. Maybe not here, 
but I wish we were on a live radio show uh, where I just call in. with a severe meth addiction could spend between twelve thousand and thirty eight thousand dollars per year on meth. Okay. According to addictioncenter.com. Okay. Well, think it doesn't about really it. help us if, out. If but... Two grand, two grand lady, uh-huh. or two gram lady. She's spending five hundred dollars, so that's a thousand a month. Mm-hmm. Times every month. So okay, so a decent amount of money. Yeah. All right. I mean, and again, whatever the going rate is for meth, I don't. That's a very, very. That's a good question. I will next time I talk to uh, newly promoted Lieutenant. Jeff Lee. Damn, I thought you were going to say Lulu. I thought she was going to say Damn it. Yes, after this operation, Lulu was promoted uh, to patrol captain. Yeah. So, oh, I wish. There's only one other place you find people named Lulu in Midnight Strip Club. Uh, thought you were gonna, I thought you were going to be more specific and say State Line. No, 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 no. Fair enough. I thought you were going to say the horse arena. Well, ooh. No, that would be like Seattle's Lulu. Mm. Like, yes, like there you go. August midnight. Like, there's a very specific weird horse names. What's the bottom of our front page? Oh! This is a story that we hold close to our heart, Josh. Because <laughs> this is, you know, we talk about how we have sagas here at the news press. Stories that we've covered for many years. And this is probably, this might be one of our top three longest covered stories that we will no longer be able to write about i'm going to be we both we both have covered this significantly i don't feel even the slightest bit of remorse so headline is three bank house demolished josh you want to give yeah start us off start us off so this whole thing started back in 2016 at the Mm -hmm. beginning of 2016 when uh rick and andy barrett uh were gifted this house from former Wallace Mayor Archie Holsizer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, who passed away he passed in away. the midst of all of this. Yeah. Um, this house at the corner of what, Three Bank and King Street? Correct. Or located Three Bank on the corner of Bank and King Street. Yeah. Uh, cute little house on the outside, but on the inside it was a moldy death trap. So, I mean, just to go into, we're not going to hit on every single problem with this house, but short list is no uh, utilities whatsoever. No foundation. No foundation. Is this one, like, right next to the freeway? No. No. So, if you're headed up to... Pulaski? Yeah. Yeah. And when you're coming down that street... Okay. And you turn at the last possible place to turn right, Mm -hmm. it's the house that sat on the corner. Okay. Little tiny house. Okay. Um, so the mountain uh, was actually falling, like the mountain as nature does, mm-hmm. it was like mud and trees and, and with no foundation, down. it was slowly yeah, it was taking just, out the house. It was just terrible. Uh, black mold. Yeah. Black mold, the works. The and then whole... just general neglect of over yeah. 20 years. Yeah. So they had petitioned to have the house demolished, um, in favor of Rick and Indy, mm-hmm. in favor of, you know, added lawn garden space yeah they just want to knock it down for trees and and grass well problem with that though is in wallace with the historic uh registry and every house being listed on it there is a like a process you have to go through so they petitioned um the met with stiff resistance yeah the planning and zoning committee was like you know give us a year to see if we can figure out something that we can do how to fix it and so they they obliged Mm -hmm. They got to the year mark, and then 
there was another planning and zoning meeting. This is where the story picks up for us because we didn't really pay attention to this until that first planning and zoning meeting uh-huh. um, because the chamber director got a hold of us. Right. Well, we go to this meeting and we hear both sides. We understand the historical concept. Even but, Archie spoke at yeah, that. But we also knew that, you know, they had given them their, the year that they had to give them. Mm-hmm. And now it was like, let's just do it. Well, all these people from the Planning and Zoning Commission started throwing out these and, wild ideas. And members of the community. Yeah. Throwing out these wild ideas about, like, let's relocate it. Let's turn it into a museum. Let's We can let's get people to it. come in and fix yeah. it for easy, for no money at all. You know, even, like, Rick Welliver had toyed with the notion mm-hmm. of having, uh, like, the... Billet ex- house. Yeah. Fix it and... And it just, none of them ever gained any traction or anything like that. Um, but it was, this was Because probably, it was too much money. I mean, we how many contractors did we listen to go in there? $75,000 minimum to get the thing up to code. And that was just, yeah, to get it up to code. That Not wasn't livable. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is where Chance and I kind of made enemies in this because we just, quite frankly, were asking the questions like, well, one, why didn't you guys start working on this sooner? Why you guys mm-hmm. got your twelve months to figure it out? Yeah, and uh, we made enemies with the planning and zoning, the the Wallace planning. And we zoning had a president. disagreement. I wouldn't say we're enemies with. I mean, if we you, had a disagreement. He with historically this. goes out of his way to speak out against us ever since then. Sure, whenever he gets a chance. That's to. fair. Um, but we created this kind of. Not that we were against it, because I think we were actually still supporting whatever happened, because it was kind of a cool story. But anytime we try to get information on it, we were now met with resistance because we just wrote what happened and it didn't come out very favorably. Even to the point where the owners, at the behest of their lawyers, were trying to like, hey, let's not talk about this. Yeah. Like, it was very odd. Um, and, and the only reason I'm giving all this detail is because we covered this story like eight different times over the course of four years uh between chamber dave and all those people and finally nothing came to fruition yeah nothing ever came to fruition and then finally we got the <laughs> what chance got the call or the uh, email sarah murphy uh gave me a text message saying, saying hey they're demoing this house uh-huh. chance calls me on a thursday and says hey man this is happening right now uh-huh. and he was just gonna go take a picture and i'm like no dude you've got to write this story like, this is an important story. Uh-huh. This, we've got to put a, an, an end on this. Yeah, the cap on it. Yeah. So he got to put an end on it. Uh, he used some stuff from, gosh, we had, I sent, how much did I send you? At least. Uh, at two, least the, three of your stories from before. and I had long stories. And yeah. I had at least two uh, of mine in the hopper as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, we, we had written a significant number of stories about this over the years. and uh, it, it wouldn't surprise me if we had 10,000 words. Mm-hmm. Uh, attributed to this. I'm so, I'm I'm almost disappointed that while it was demolished, I'm surprised they or I'm sad that they didn't do what they originally wanted to do was give it a Viking funeral. Burn it. Burn it. They wanted to, uh, the original plan to demolish it was to donate it to the uh, fire fire department, and they were going to use it as like a oh, training for drills and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. The fire department was like, nope. No, <laughs> they wanted to do it. It was just kiboshed. Uh, yeah, I guarantee you, Aaron wouldn't have said no because they're on respirators and everything, so the mold isn't that big of a deal, Smells right? No, yeah. they wanted to do it. It was just kiboshed. So, um, but no, now now the the house is gone. Indy's not building anything. She's it's just going to be some grass and trees. And uh, I mean, it's one less house in Wallace. But uh, I think, you know, it's as somebody with a history background, I definitely think every effort should be taken to save you know certain historic places and whatnot. But um, 
I just I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of other historical it got a lot of traction on social media. Yeah. And and it's funny because not that I ever want to call people out and say things that come across. It's not like the Oasis was demolished or, you know. When you have 100 people go, oh, well, it's so sad to see history torn down. I wish someone would have done something. Okay, so what did you do? Right. And if if 100 people gave $100, there's what? $10,000 and that jumpstarts. And honestly, as as this saga went on, the support, the, the... the friction that Indy was getting was became less and less as more people learned about the condition of the house and, yeah, and the, how much money it was more going people to came cost. over to the other to, to their side right. and and just I mean the one biggest concern was what if a kid goes in there yep. a little kid wandering around sees a house that's empty goes in there falls rusty nail inhales a bunch of black mold like mm-hmm. something terrible it was an insurance. Yeah, like it was a, a liability, like a, like a huge liability. So I, it's gone we're not, now. We're not running around. We're not. We're not <laughs> running around saying knock down every old building in the Silver Valley. That's not. That's not it. We should protect. Is if they're salvageable, let's save them. But right. in this particular case, it just it wasn't, wasn't. It just wasn't feasible. And it wasn't. I mean, they're they're the the land had more historic value than the house itself. Yeah. When you take an old house and you slap a bunch of modern, even semi-modern features, it's not historic anymore. It, it literally well, was. Could still be historic. The house was literally the definition of putting lipstick on a pig. From yeah. the from the front exterior, the house looked fine. That but, was that was it. Yeah. If you went around to the back, it wasn't good. If you looked through the window, it wasn't it was good. Real bad through the window. It's bad. Like it was. It, we the went house up there was so many times. We went. We were in there many times, and it was. It was just one of those things where I mean, sure, if you're. You know, we talked about it before. If you were all for slapping down three hundred thousand dollars to complete, because we've had con- we had to con- renovate a single wide, basically, right? Like the equivalent of a well, single and, wide. Yeah. And the contractors were like, "Look, I mean, to refurbish this house, you're basically just building a new house right. because most of the timber wasn't usable." Hmm. You know, it would they would have to be. It's not like you could just repurpose the the lumber. Well, and like if there's no real historical like significance to it, other than it's old. The the rumor was that some of the timber was used from an old brewery in up in Burke. Yeah. But that was never founded. That was never founded. I mean, we didn't really find any solid evidence of that, and it's not like it. It's not like the uh, was the Laura Turner house. Lana Turner. Lana Turner house. Thank you. Um, down Bank Street. Sure. Which, I mean, you know, I, I can hear arguments for that. But right. this one, it's just an old house. Right. But it's gone now. It's and, gone now. And, and, and it thus it, puts a really weirdly, I don't know if it's not, I don't want to say it's not satisfying because it's kind of nice that it's like, like for the Barons, they don't have to worry about this liability anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, for the city of Wallace, like Dave, uh, I applaud Dave for trying to figure something out. Well, um, and then toward the end there. Even at the the last, so the last planning and zoning meeting that we went to on this, if I remember correctly, there was one person who voted against it. By by the after all was said and done, after meeting after meeting after meeting, I think everybody voted for Just, yeah. to to allow the demolition except yeah. for one person. Yeah. Uh, so, it's uh, kind of an odd. It's the the fact that we've been able to have uh, put some like closure. Yeah. To something. Yeah. Oh, I I kind of it very it's it was. It's less in importance, but it felt very similar to like when the strike finally ended with yeah, me. You know, it's something. like, oh, it's the it's the end of an era kind of Every thing. Every time we drove by that house, I'm like, oh gosh, I hate covering it, but I'm kind of in, intrigued by what the what's going to happen yep. to it. So. Yep. Oh, well, Friday's paper was a beast. It was. 
Hey, well, check out Silver Valley Tire and the deal they're having right now. Buy any set of four tires or four wheels, and you are signed up for a raffle to win five free car washes. That's right, five free car washes. Uh, the season is here to have your car sparkling clean. Go see them, and they'll help you pick out the tires that suit your vehicle best or spiff up the tires you already have with some new wheels. Stop it at Silver Valley Tire, located at 407 West Cameron Avenue in Kellogg, or give them a call at 208 208-784-1181. I do need to give them a call. I, I, I think my truck needs an oil change. Tuesday headlines. You had the bulk of this. I, I did. I like, tried to take vacation, but you I still took some had, time off. I still had a... Uh, Two bylines. A couple stories in there. Yep, one of did. them was last week's interview, so we don't even need to talk about that one, really. Nope. Um, but I don't know what you headlined with. Headline was Zipply Fiber. Ah, uh, yes. The breaking news from last weekend. Yes. Yeah, so I, this is... I mean, this is arguably... Some of the biggest news that's we've, I mean, it's kind of going under the radar because it's internet, but at the same time, this is very important to the Valley. Uh, let me pull the story up here. We don't have our actual print product just yet, so I'm going to have to pull it up online. Zipply Fiber. Here I mean, one go. of the things we did know from the press release they put out is that they mm-hmm. have included Kellogg as part of a multi-million dollar plan to expand uh, fiber optic internet service and into various towns. Kellogg was named to it. One of 13 cities. One of 13 cities. So we're going to Monica, you've been following this at all? No. Are you a Frontier Communications customer? Yeah, I got a lot of, uh... So now you are a Zip... You are a Zipply Fiber customer. Oh, I know. I've got a lot of strong opinions about this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm a little... I'm a little fed up with the whole situation. But I'm glad to know that they're going to be... They have intentions of bringing fiber to us. So, Zipply Fiber, uh, so Kellogg is one of 13 initial locations across the company's four state territories to receive a major upgrade to its internet capabilities. Um, It will come in the form of miles of fiber optic cables that will enable gig speed internet service to homes and businesses in Kellogg and the immediate surrounding area. Yeah. What's this, uh, what do you, when you ask what these upgrades are going to entail, uh, strangely enough, I don't know why we've never even heard of this option before, but uh, aerial overlashing, I've never heard of this term before, but essentially what it is, is that is, is fiber crews stringing fiber around existing telephone lines and poles. Yeah. Very similar to what Sprint wanted to use with their, uh, when basically they were going to put, what was it? Sprint? Yeah. Sprint had the idea to put that like built-in Wi-Fi network mm-hmm. that runs through power lines. Yep. So same concept, and then you have like a like a dish to line of sight of the power line, mm-hmm. and wherever like like so wherever that dish was, as long as it could see the power line, it could get service. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of like a combination between what JNR does with the radio stuff and mm-hmm. yeah, very similar like Wi-Fi yeah like co-location. But like super fast. So it's going to be so this is most of it will be the aerial stuff, um, and then there'll be a little bit of underground fiber um, that will be buried in certain select areas using trenching and boring methods. Um, this How was boring, are they? There it is. There he is. There it is. Okay. Uh, this uh, this upgrade was due in part to uh, Zipply's acquisition and partnership with Wholesale Networks. Uh, they are a Northwest-based, privately held telecommunications and internet infrastructure company. Wow, got through that. That is a mouthful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, what, do you, what do you do? Basically, they've been, yeah, right. 
but basically, they've been working with this company uh, since their purchase of the Frontier uh, properties to lay other fiber in certain areas. This is impressive. And because, put up their infrastructure. I mean, the announcement about Zipply buying Frontier is only... That was like, already It's huge. like a month and a half old, right? You want to know the, impress- the impressive part is if they keep to their timeline, Zipply says that they'll start work for Kellogg in uh, by the end of May and will be done by mid-August. So you could have so by September you will everyone in Kellogg could have access to high speed internet. Fantastic. I did um, ask Zipply about the possibility of it, it like how you know how does this affect the rest of the valley, the area, that kind of thing, and they were a little vague on this, but uh, still it they're like we said in their initial press release, their plan is eventually to get this everywhere. Uh, right now. It's just, you know, one step at a time. This is one of 13 areas to get it. Uh, Kellogg and, you know, certain... they'll. It's kind of one of those things we'll know until after we do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, once everything is laid and it's there, then they can tell you if you have access to it. People who had Sunlink service out in, like, the Cataldo area said that when, as Syringa came in through certain spots, when they went in and fixed mm-hmm. stuff and sprayed fiber in there... Their service was faster and more reliable, yep. even without like any change happening. So maybe putting in a network that's more reliable, like it might not necessarily benefit those in Pinehurst or Smelterville. Like. So they did, they did, uh, they did mention that you know just as a whole, you know when when their service gets upgraded, when their fiber lines get upgraded and whatnot and added to, it it improves general overall quality, yeah. uh, just overall. But um, the direct, you know, the gig speed internet, that's going to be for just Kellogg in that, in that uh, immediate area. And they talked about, you know, it's, you know it's, it's very early on and they're hoping to go everywhere with their customers, but one step at a time. So what's your strongly... So. I would say it's like strong opinion. Like I'm not pleased with Frontier. Obviously, I don't know that a whole lot of people are. But See, I'm that's... Like, are you? Am I like the one guy who... Has never had a bad Frontier experience. Like, I know Suddenlink has really... Has Suddenlink's we we've, we've abused Suddenlink on here. I mean, it's been warranted. Like it, Suddenlink is definitely, like, the more evil one. Even from a, profe- even from a professional standpoint, I mean, when any time that we've tried to reach out to Suddenlink regarding they're... they won't reach out to us, they won't talk to us, they won't answer questions, yeah. it's impossible to get a hold we of anyone. We happen to know people that work for them. Like, when we had it. that, like, weak <laughs> outage... Yeah, yeah. The flooding and all that. We, I literally could not. I had to call, you know, uh, disaster services people down in Walla Walla to get that story because I could not get a hold of anyone in Southern. Oh yeah, their like yeah, their customer service is terrible. I will say, I will say to Frontier's credit, like we at my business, they sprung for like the business version of Frontier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is actually very good. So like, but Frontier at my house is just absolute trash, and Ooh. their customer service is trash, and uh, I'm not a big fan. So it's probably a good thing that they're being taken over by somebody else, and I'm excited to see the development. So for the last two years, I've had 20 meg internet in my house, courtesy of Frontier, that's never dropped, and anytime I ever have any issues, I get a tech out, like, the next day. Oh, we can't, um, so I I, we can't send photos shut our internet down it has to restart three or four times and it switches to lte like a photo um if we're watching like any kind of streaming netflix has gotten better um but like disney plus hbo so kind of like the bigger i guess like kind of like the bigger players we cannot be on our phones and streaming at the same time yeah no it's and like willie works from home and he can't 
send emails and do he can't do like two things at once. Ouch. And then when we try to call him, it's I get bounced around all the time and then they're like, try this and reset your router and they walk you through that and then they're like, Is the blue light on? I'm like, Yep, they're like, It's working. I'm like, I think you just set it up so the blue light's on even when it's not working <laughs> out. Like before I had an indicator. So it's just it, not... The blue light just has its own power source. Yeah, like yeah. I'm pretty sure that it's completely insignificant to whether the, like, <laughs> unrelated to whether we have a connection or not. But anyway... Well, uh, hopefully Ziply will uh, will improve upon that. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I mean, it sounds... I mean, gig speed internet is... I, so one of their quotes in their initial press release was, uh, this, this will put Kellogg on par with options available in larger cities like Portland and Seattle. 100%. If you can get fast internet here... Game you changer. Can start, yeah, absolutely. You can start to see more development for sure. Game changer. Absolutely. What's next on the paper? Um, so we had your centerpiece uh, with, with the baseball oh, story. Oh, Rick, yeah. Yep, yep, Check yep. out that interview last week's episode. Uh, really interesting. The The man has been to 40 different Major League Baseball stadiums. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Um you want, should I hit my SMCC? F1? That was on the inside. We'll go. We'll go next. Uh, the side rail was the announcement about Blues Fest. Uh, oh. The unfortunate news about Blues Fest. It's um, yes. It is canceled. Yes. Uh, Blues Fest 2020 was officially canceled last on my birthday on, it was on, on Friday. Friday. Yep. Uh, the and they didn't cancel. They rescheduled it for 2021. Somebody on Blues Fest 2020 has been canceled. Yeah, but the the thing that they put on Facebook it says it's been they, rescheduled. They said it was rescheduled for 2021. Bless their hearts. That somebody made a joke about that. One of the radio DJs on KPND was like, "Yeah, this music festival's on for November," and I'm like, "Shut up!" Like I stopped and like listened. He's like, "Of 2021," and I was like, "Come on, man." <laughs> they got you good. Um. So uh, the the announcement came. Uh, the Wallace Blues Festival Committee uh, held a meeting on May fifteenth with city business owners uh, in attendance, basically to to tell them that you know we're we're officially shutting Blues Fest down after you know hearing both sides of the argument. This was a very contentious argument. Um, we actually ran. Uh, I don't know if everybody's noticed, and you should vote on our new poll this week that we haven't put out just yet, but we'll have it up soon. Um, uh, we had a poll that came out on Thursday and ended on Monday, uh, asking people what their thoughts were on how Blues Fest 2020 should be handled. Uh, the two most uh, diametrically opposed options, which were hold Blues Fest as usual with no precautions or restrictions, Woo! and cancel Blues Fest 2020, tied tied at first place with 30% of the vote each. So that's super interesting. The two middle ground options: uh, hold Blues Fest with state-approved precautions and restrictions, or or and uh, postpone Blues Fest until later this year and reevaluate at that time. Uh, those uh, received, let's see here, twenty-nine and twenty-three votes respectively. So what was the percentage? Uh, twenty, like seventeen percent and twenty-three percent, or something like that, off the top of my head. So about I just 40, put in the number. Forty percent of people were definitely. Not in the camp of canceling, but not... So in it, was, the... it was 39 votes apiece for the first two, mm-hmm. and then 20... Uh, oh, I lost my spot. 29 and 23 votes for the other two. So 39, 39, 20, 29, 23. Interesting. Yeah. So definitely a divisive issue that really... There wasn't like one... I think that was probably why the Wallace Blues Fest committee was so... I mean, they pushed it out for a while, and they took a lot of community input... 
It doesn't help that their event was scheduled for July 11th and 12th, mm-hmm. which is right, gosh, we're just weeks outside of the... Stage like, 4. Stage 4 being, like, announced. Mm-hmm. So, realistically, you're walking a very fine line. Sure. Um, so, their, their deciding factor, there was a lot. I mean, Josh, you and I, we talked to community people. We, we heard a lot of good points for both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it came down to was that a large event like Blues Fest does draw a crowd not it's not just a local crowd it's from everywhere oh yeah they get people from everywhere and that's a good thing normally right uh but in this environment currently that's that's not a good thing sure um we could you could bring you could run the risk of inviting somebody from a high risk area where the virus is much more prevalent than where it is here and uh could expose everyone which also leads to the reasons why canceling or postponing is so difficult because of scheduling and sure. people already have other engagements. So. Sure. So uh, uh, an alternative was pitched by the Wallace Blues Fest committee uh, to the business owners that they should uh, kind of hold their own Blues Fest. Uh, so they're, they're uh, uh, from President uh, Marcy Heyman. Uh, let's see here. Where's her quote? She talks about that. Do, 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 do. Uh, we inc- we are trying to encourage our businesses to bring blues festival music to into town at least two weekends in July and two weekends in August. So essentially, uh, those who are familiar with uh, the blues are not the blues fest, the uh, brew fest format. You know how each Wallace business has like its own uh, brew company in there that they serve that specific type of beer. Yeah. Similar format where they would have like each business would host a blues musician. And people can kind of just go to that business and go see that musician at that time. That's a pretty good idea. It's not bad. It, um, uh, Marcy gave three really good points uh, for that. First was uh, this still helps them financially. You know, it keep it keeps something going. Uh, it allows them to have manageable crowds. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know the mob of people that would be at the normal blues fest. Um, it helps out the musicians because during this time they've been out of work. You know, right. this is money that they would normally hit during a festival season, not just Blues Fest, but other things. Sure. So this will help them out. And then uh, the just the general mental health of people in the community. You yeah. know, uh, we haven't really been able to go out and do much. So uh, they're hoping they're hoping to kick that up uh, really any time. The, the first weekend they know of will be the actual Blues Fest weekend, uh, 10th, 11th, and 12th. They're planning on doing the first one of these then. But uh, no businesses really have, like been officially booked yet or anything like that so we'll have more information on it as it comes around gotcha all right let's see here so we have the centerpiece and then bottom of the page was oh yes uh moon pass oh yeah that's right moon, moon pass is... opens you guys will be listening to this on wednesday so uh moon pass opens tomorrow on thursday uh it's been pushed out a little bit because well first off the snow has just been really heavy up there um i think uh Public Works Director Jim Kaysen said seven feet of snow. Wow! That they've been dealing, they've been dealing with up there, and then, but also, what's been uh, frustratingly knocking them weeks back into uh, weeks back uh, on planning and zoning and uh, basically clearing the pass was that uh, illegal recreators. Yeah, people go up there. They do stupid stuff. Uh, they get stuck. Jim talked about a couple times about uh, how they put up barriers and signs many times, and people went up there anyway, moved the signs through the or uh, moved the sign through the signs off the off the off the road, moved barriers, that kind of thing. Got up there and just tore up the road because right now it's not very hard to do because the road is very wet and soft, and 
sure. malleable. And people are dumb. Pretty much. Uh, they talked about, so uh, uh, they did it a couple weekends and uh, it kept happening. So they got the sheriff's office and fishing game involved. Fishing game went up there and actually wrote a few citations uh, cool. for people uh, going up into certain areas. In fact, one person uh, was caught. Uh, he'll be facing probably some criminal charges, perhaps, uh, for uh, busting a fishing game lock on a gate. Oof. Yeah. That's a hefty fine for a padlock. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's fishing game, so, you know, if it was a county, maybe you get a slap on the wrist, but fishing game, they take all that stuff yeah, real seriously. Yeah, they take it pretty serious. Yeah. Pretty That's much. good that it'll be open. People get, people like that. You know, they uh, and... Take the, the scenic route into... Uh, mm-hmm. Like the St. Joe area. And... and and honestly, we've... It's something that I've always wanted to do was I really wanted to bring that... You know, we... we I wouldn't say bend over backwards, but we we try our best to try to include, like, the Pritchard-Murray area into the main Silver Valley community. Like, we... You know, anytime that there's a big story up there, we'll make time to go do it. And unfortunately, because of the geography, we just don't really have that opportunity to do that with the, our St. Joe region. You know, Avery and Calder is a essentially a two and a half hour three hour drive you know if you want to go the long route so uh moon pass kind of opens that up a little bit at least in the summer um we're, we're, i wrote a story before about how a new business uh, uh businesses plural are opening up in avery i know calder uh has uh the sheriff's office has been doing some stuff in calder so uh, there's there's some exciting things and uh it's you know i, I think people forget about it a little bit but avery and calder in the saint joe region that is part of shoshone county and right. uh uh, when We're the show show news press, not the Silver Valley news. Correct, press. exactly. So with uh, with Moon Pass opening up, it allows the Silver Valley to kind of connect with that St. Joe region, and uh, hopefully we can hopefully we can uh, highlight some stuff down there. Perfect. In the yep. St. Joe region, yes. Calder, uh, yeah. Avery Calder, yeah. Cool. That's what yep. uh, Chance was talking about. So what else? Oh, did we get the paper? Front? Yeah, we got papers. All right. So we're gonna open them up, take a little As look. As I just see. got through the. Let's see if there's anything else that we missed. Ooh, sure. No, we're good. That's our front page, man. <laughs> so you got your one story on SMC. Oh yeah, SMC. Uh, uh, they hired a new CFO, Miss uh, Donya Erdman. Uh, she comes to us via Hamilton, Montana. Uh, where she was the CFO of the hospital there in Hamilton. Okay, replacing... Uh... Uh, Tim Powers, who was our CFO for like a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Lewis is still the CEO, so she's now working under Paul. Who's okay. has been there since about November. Yeah. Um, you know, And they, they replaced longtime... Jerry Brantz, who had go. done the role of both forever. Yeah. Um, Jerry actually filled in after Mr. Powers left. Uh, Donya has since taken over uh, and actually took the job right before the whole COVID crisis started, and now they have navigated through uh, through a lot of this. She's kind of cutting her teeth on uh, cutting her teeth on the Shoshone Medical Center with no one in it, so kind of learning the ropes. And I would say you would think it'd be a high pressure situation, but it's kind of a low pressure situation because there's just not that many people. What you know. a great way to start a job. Yeah. Could you imagine being like if you had a customer service job or like a job where you interact with people never done it before and you're like, hey, guess what? No people for a while. Right. Once you get your uh, feet wet. Yeah, learn how to do all the stuff that like you're going to have to do with people in your face with no people in your face. Exactly. Yeah, there are benefits to this for sure. So 
Yeah, and then uh, in our Tuesday edition, make sure to uh, check out our graduation tab. It's got a... Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Headshots of every single graduating senior from all three Silver Valley yeah, schools. Class of 2020 oh, yeah, senior wow. pictures. So that's a nice one to have There's in there. There's your pictures. Got them. I know, right? <laughs> so anyways, uh, that's really it for the, the Tuesday edition. Oh, yeah, no, that's all we yeah. got. Is it, though? <laughs> yeah. I think so. I, th yeah. I don't think there's anything else. That's, that's it for the Tuesday edition. Um, uh, oh, last thing I I've been doing this. Uh, yeah. As of today, uh, according to Panhandle Health District, there are 70 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in oh, North so we Idaho. so like five? Uh, I were mean... We, were we at like 65 forever? No, no. It's It's been slowly creeping up for a little while. Oh. I mean, we'll get like one every two days or something like that. Uh, 66 of the cases are in Kootenai County. Four have been in Bonner. Uh, the Bonner ones were a while ago. Uh, so it's just been kind of slowly creeping up in Kootenai County. Um, total is 70. Shoshone, along with Benawa and Boundary, Boundary still, uh, still report zero. zero cases. So okay. um, that's... Uh, Go good so far. No COVID count there. Absolutely. Hey, the route of the Hiawatha and Lookout Pass are now hiring summer positions, bus drivers, trail marshals, bike renter, bike renters, bike mechanics, and guest services and cashiers. You can apply in person or call them at 208-744-1301 or email jobs at skilookout.com. Lookout Pass is an equal opportunity employer. And uh, that's like the perfect ad to segue right into... Uh, our interview today, which is kind of a cool one because yeah. we're going to be talking about the first ever Jackass half marathon mm -hmm. in 5K. Mm -hmm. Kelton coming in? Yeah. No way. Kelton and Scott. Oh my God. Yeah. 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 So... We can kick it on over to that bad boy. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. This week's interview is brought to you by Julie Zook. It's a great time to sell your house because inventory is low. Julie Zook with Silver Legacy Realty is a lifelong resident of the Silver Valley. She's a local realtor who is connected and knows every nook and cranny of our beautiful community. Contact Julie at 208-659-1764. She is your best friend in real estate. Hey, and we are back. Uh, this week, we actually have a pretty special treat for you guys. We've got Scott Albertson and Kelton Enich, and they are on the board of directors for the uh, Silver Valley Chamber of Commerce, and uh, they're also event organizers for a rather unique and, uh, what, first-of-its-kind event, correct? Mm -hmm. So that is the, uh, the, the 2020 Jackass Half Marathon and 5K, which is scheduled for later this year, but registration is now open, and it is important that we talk about it. How are you guys doing today? We're awesome. Nice, doing we're great. Excited. Nice intro. You guys like that intro? <laughs> you did very well. I, I try hard. I try really hard. So thanks for coming in. Talk to me about this because I mean I don't know about I'm not a runner, so <laughs> I don't look like a runner either. So no one will ever mistake me for one. But uh, tell me about this. This is a new event. Where did this idea come from? Give me some backstory. Talk to me. Well, we've been on the chamber for a couple of years, and I know we tossed around the idea of doing a marathon or half marathon or some sort of running event last year. Um, and I think some of the inspiration behind it is that we have such an awesome venue. We have the Trail of the Coeur d'Alene's. Um, that is obviously the per one of the most perfect spots for a running race. Absolutely. And there aren't very many running races. There aren't very few running races in the area. So um, we were thinking that it would be awesome to start an event like this 
especially if we could get some tourism um, established around it, because we know that there are a lot of people who like to travel for half marathons or marathons, um, kind of seek them out in the area. So that was sort of our, our idea behind it, knowing that as being on the chamber, that that's definitely a piece um, of our you know philosophy is getting people to see the Silver Valley and establishing tourism here and seeing different aspects of it. So that's sort of where the inspiration came from. So the, the race starts in Wallace. Mm -hmm. Correct. Why? You can tell um, <laughs> That was kind of part of the inspiration too, was uh, having the trail of the Coeur d'Alene's, but also realizing that it was really close to half marathon distance between Wallace and Kellogg. So that's when we sort of started talking about having a half, but um, it's just going to work out smoothly to sort of get um, get the people that are going to come in that are new to the area to kind of start in Wallace and experience the whole valley between Wallace and Kellogg. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more to offer east and west of that stretch, but um, it just seemed like kind of the cleanest fit to do, to do a half marathon, and it worked out for kind of the infrastructure things that we need to put in place to have a race so it's also downhill also downhill yeah. pretty much the whole course is downhill except for one tiny little bit there in the middle at big creek but it's all downhill which is super uncommon and rare i mean there are races out there that are downhill but this is i mean that's a big drawing point for this particular event or is that it's you know appealing to beginners yeah it's all downhill and it's subtly downhill right so it's not going to kill your knees right it's it's going to be fast it's going to be awesome so do you guys have the starting point yeah we do yeah i'll just sort of run you through the the race map okay. um but yeah we're going to start under the viaduct there at sixth street okay. in wallace so it'll be a covered start which is beneficial for a number of reasons um and it will stay on the trail of the quarter lanes all the way headed west until you get to big creek so, um, aside from just all the road crossings that go along the way, we'll be on the trail the whole time and we needed an extra, um, with the, with just the trail of the Coeur d'Alene's between Wallace and Kellogg, it, we were like a 1.8 miles short. So we'll do nine tenths of a mile up Big Creek and then back down to oh. sort of create that <laughs> 1.8 miles that we were missing. And then um, we get, you get we'll get off the trail in Kellogg, um, kind of just short of the Chamber of Commerce building, and then loop uptown, and it will finish right in front of Radio Brewing on Main Street uptown. Smart place to finish. Yes, mm. that's yeah. also strategic. We'll probably talk more talk, about that yeah. later. That's gonna be a. I mean, that last little bit up to radio, though, you'd be halfway done or almost done. Almost done. Feeling the burn as you're running up the hill there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's terrific. Yeah. Aside from uh, aside from that little jaunt up Big Creek, which is actually pretty mellow. It's not very, um, it's a shallow uphill. Um, but then the, the finish will be a little bit of a tire one. Tire yeah. one but it's, for the most part, the uh, the whole course downhill. So Wow. It's pretty, it sets up well. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. And... And you guys have this scheduled for uh, October, right? October 3rd. Yep. So this is actually an event that will be, you know, kind of at the end of really the tourism season. Mm -hmm. So did that play a part in the scheduling of it, trying to put it in a, an empty spot? Or were we dodging COVID-19? Or, <laughs> or, or what went into the, the timing of where you guys wanted to have Well, this? we're pretty lucky because, we, I mean, we've been planning this for a long time, way before... COVID-19 stuff, but we're yeah. feeling very hopeful that it's going to happen because stuff for early or for late-ish fall or, you know, 
gonna be kind of promising at this point. Of course, if we need to change it, we can change it. And if people register and we have to, you know, postpone it to next year, we've already promised 100% refund or transfer for next year. So that's all taken care of. But um, when we were originally thinking of the date, a little bit of it came into came. Um, the details were that there were certain events that were happening with the chamber um, and that we needed to sort of fill a spot that that would raise money that we didn't have filled up by other chamber events. Um, but the other thing was we looked at surrounding half marathons and marathons, primarily Missoula, Spokane, Coeur d'Alene, Sandpoint. Um, and this was a pretty good open spot that wasn't conflicting with a ton of other races. Gotcha. And also fall is the best time to run a race. Um, it's You can start later in the day because it's not scorching hot and the colors are going to be epic, you know. That's true. In October, it's going to be so Running beautiful. along the river yeah. with the trees yeah. and everything, it's, yeah. and you're not dealing with a bunch of pollen in the air. Mm -hmm. We were kind of concerned about smoke, but um, the hope is that October 3rd is hopefully late enough to avoid smoke season unless we get some late fires. We'll probably be good right. with that, too. So mm -hmm. we, we, had one, we had one point <laughs> talked about August, which um, August That's or early so September, hot. but it's just, it's just too hot. And, well, and then sometimes there's tons Hoop of smoke. Fest actually got moved into August, mm -hmm. too. Right. So there's also, you don't want to be trying to contend with. Yeah. And, and Bloomsday. Bloomsday is in early September now, yeah. and, but the Coeur d'Alene half got pushed to August. So yeah. we're at the very far end, which is dancing good with, with crazy rescheduling. I know. So. Well, and we got really lucky because of that we put a date on it long before any of this stuff was happening. Mm -hmm. So we just got lucky that we put it in a date that wasn't going to be affected. And then <laughs> once everybody else started rescheduling, nobody picked our date. I mean, we feel, and I think we're pretty confident now that if it's a if it's a similar kind of event, it's someone probably won't move on to that date now at this point since so registration's open and active. So gotcha. Um, kind of got lucky more that's than anything, terrific. but it worked out. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So you guys had a bunch of, uh, pre registrate or registrations on the day of mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what, uh, again, this is a uh, runner ignorance here. <laughs> what does a successful event like this look like? Is it 50 people? Is it a hundred people? Is it, as many people as you can handle like what what does it look like well uh we're also beginners at the you know being an organizer of a race like this we've participated i participated in a, in a few runs before um half marathons and marathons but never on this side of it so my original when we originally were talking about this back in december january my original um idea of how many people would participate was 60. I was like, I think we're going to make 60 people. I think it'd be awesome. And then our committee decided, oh no, like we can definitely get a hundred. We can for sure get a hundred. And we got 115 people on day one. Ooh. Yeah. We are currently at 130 and it's only been open for three days. And we've got people from Seattle, Spokane, Missoula, Bozeman, Boise, Nevada. You guys better make Libby. sure you keep hotel space open. Man. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> oh, we've got a plan right into it. Yeah. yeah. You got yeah. a plan. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's talk. So you run the race. You end up at Radio Brewing. You get yourself a, uh, what, a Huckleberry Wheat? Yeah. And uh, radio is amazing. And they're going to be giving every participant of the 5K and the half marathon a free beer token. Nice. So definitely going there. The other thing, it's not officially announced by radio, but we know it's happening. We have permission to say it, um, is that their second annual block party is planning is going to be planned on the very same day. So oh, you so finish fun. the race. Yeah, so mm -hmm. it was in May last year, right? It was yesterday, uh, yesterday 
I got the Facebook oh. memory of the first yeah. one. Yeah. It was yesterday, a year ago. So yeah. we've been planning with them um, strategically to put it on the same day. So wow. they are pushing it to yeah. October 3rd, 2020. And so, and I don't really know what time. I think you're, I think people are going to have time to go home and go home or go to the hotel room and shower and stuff. But they're coming back uptown and That's awesome. participating in the block party. I know that they already have at least one Missoula band booked um, Beautiful. for that occasion. So it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, good time. Yeah. yeah, totally. Cool. Wow. Okay. So yeah. About lodging. Talk to me about lodging. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, well, f- well, first of all, we th- there'll be shuttle set up for race participants so they can park a rig in Kellogg and get shuttled out to Wallace. And um, we're still working on the logistics of locations and everything, but we're doing the best we can, and we feel pretty confident that everything's going to be within walking distance, uh, lodging, shuttle location, uh, the brewery. And the finish line and everything. So that was that's kind of what we're going for. But um, we have just been working with, um, for now, just with the Fairbridge Hotel in Kellogg mm-hmm. and um, and Silver Mountain, who will have their resort lodging available at a discounted rate, Ooh. and the new Silver Inn that Silver's working on. Um, oh, over next over day. on the sunny side of Kellogg, next gotcha. to Sam's, uh-huh. um, will also be um, offering a discounted rate. So and so will the Fairbridge. So uh, we are releasing. Um, I posted that stuff today. Okay, the, so, the deals for both of those places. Yeah, so that got posted today. So the hope, I mean, we we knew that we needed to get it out as soon as possible because we were getting a lot of registration finalized. So the hope is that people see that deal. Sooner than later, um, so we figure people will start booking stuff if they're if they're registering for the race. Oh, yeah. So especially if the block party, I mean, when the block party gets announced, people are gonna realize, oh, I'm gonna make it a weekend situation. Yeah, yeah. that's the hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay in play. Yeah. yeah, that's the the motto, isn't it? Right, right. So we're trying to we're doing the best we can to sort of coordinate the release of all that information, the opening registration and lodging deals, and and cool. radio brewing doing the block party so that you have a reason to lodge and that kind of thing. So. Mm. It's been a little bit of a yeah tangled deal, Rolling. but yeah. it's working. Hey, these things come together. Yeah, it's, how it's it working. Works. It's crash course. Yeah, that's fun. I'm excited for you guys. This is the and uh, now I'm really excited now that the block party's happening again. That was such a good time. I last know. Yeah. I uh, I don't even remember how I got home. I drank so many of those raspberry <laughs> ciders last year. There was that cider place, man. I know. They're like, oh, you're with the newspaper? I'm like, yeah. They're like, here, I have like five <laughs> tickets. And I was like, deal. <laughs> okay. We, uh, we, we had our fair share of uh, Boots So Rad popsicles at oh, that event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, and, and Feed Your Need the, mm-hmm. is the sponsor of the interview. So like that, that happens to work out. I'm sure Woo-hoo. there'll be smoothie bowls up there next, this year too. Yes. So, right on. Yeah. Awesome. It'll, it'll be a good time. Yeah. yeah. A good time had by all. Yeah. Yep. Everything Kellogg has to offer. Oh, man. Well, so the date, October 3rd. Registration is open. Where do you go register? If you, you can honestly just Google Jackass Half Marathon. It brings you straight to the chamber page, mm-hmm. um, which then has a link to our registration page. Okay. The and other then... thing that you can do if you want to volunteer, which we are going to definitely need volunteers for aid stations, um, road crossings, start line, finish line. We're going to need a lot of people. So um, there's also a link on the chamber page to sign up to volunteer. And every volunteer gets a free Jackass Half Marathon volunteer shirt. Boom. And they're going to be really cool. What do you get when you win the race? What was that? What do you get when you win the race? Haven't Ooh. decided that yet. Ooh, prizes know. are a secret. Well, we're working on um, 
hopefully a little, which maybe I'm allowed to say this, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Hopefully a collaboration with the, with the Kellogg High um, shop class. Uh, Mr. Hoxie's going to have... Um, hopefully some students working on some medals and emblems mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, hopefully they, we're going to work with them on coming up with something cool. And I think um, there might be some flower crowns from Soul and Sarah. There you go. Some flower yeah. crowns. Yeah. Flower so, crowns will be awesome. Yeah. Various local. This is going to be very olympic Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some beer mixed in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, thanks for coming in and telling yeah. us. Uh, I know I'm not going to be running, but I will definitely be there in some former fashion, whether it's taking pictures of the finish line or, you know, just drinking with you guys at the block party. It's uh-huh. going to be a really good time. Absolutely. I'm Thank excited. you for coming in, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Radio Brewing will be opening May 21st for curbside pickup and delivery. They will be open on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. They are offering a limited food menu and canned beer. Please call ahead, 208-786-6633, or you can email Brendan, that's Brendan Bonner, at Brendan, B-R-E-N-D-A-N, at RadioBrewingCompany.com. Visit their Facebook page to learn more. Radio Brewing, put radio in your mouth hole. I also heard that they're going to do that uh, street fair again. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, oh, their block party? The, yeah. Uh, at the end For of the, the year. Party? Pretty excited about that. That's at the, at the conclusion of the, yeah, of the interview. Yeah. I went to the first one, and that was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Absolutely. So this doesn't bring us to regionals. I really like regionals. Regionals are probably one of my favorite, favorite things that we do. Uh, yeah. Okay, thanks. I didn't know I was checked out for a second. I'm no, back. you're good. You're okay. good. Okay, hello, regionals. It's all right. You're just playing on your phone. I get it. Sometimes we're boring. We should have <laughs> Monica. When you come in next time, you should you you should pick two. We'll we'll add two regionals, and you can pick them. Okay. Oh yeah. So I'll I'll just kick it off. Uh, this is out of Coeur d'Alene by Ralph Bartholt. Uh, Tubbs Hill pot bust lands 20-year-old in jail. A 20-year-old Coeur d'Alene man was arrested at Tubbs Hill Saturday and charged by police with selling marijuana cigarettes and bags of cannabis to minors. Marijuana cigarettes. Marijuana cigarettes. <laughs> oh, she was smoking this funny-smelling cigarette. No, I was saying it like Hank Hill. The marijuana. Oh, God. Caleb, anyway. <laughs> Caleb M. Hendrickson is being held in Kootenai County Jail on $10,000 bail. Police said they were patrolling around Tubbs Hill around 11 p.m. when they saw a car with no license. <laughs> He's selling pot. He's got a car with no license plates parked in the 11th Street parking lot. Mm-hmm. Officers checked the car and saw what appeared to be a uh, 1911 Model 45 caliber handgun pressed between the driver's seat and the middle console. He's just That's a all great. It's a great pistol, by the way. Uh, officers. <laughs> Also observed an open container of beer oh. and marijuana products in plain view. <laughs> so this I, guy's not winning any, or he is winning a Darwin this Award. This guy's like, hey, I'm a criminal. <laughs> and <that's>, <laughs> he's, <laughs> so he's got his open container, uh-huh. his, you know, his pipe sitting there in the ashtray. He's back in the gun. Why can't we ever and hear? He's like, no license plates for me, please. I don't want to be. <laughs> Just one day, I want to write. I want to read a crime story where we actually have like smart criminal. Like, I want to hear about a bank heist. Like, where you know they at least tried. You know, yeah. like the Italian job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't have any of those. What What is it? Um, what is it? Uh, the joke. We this this city deserves a, diff- a different class of criminal. Yeah. So police waited for the car's occupants, and soon. 
police said. Five men walked uh, from the park's trail system to the car. When officers asked Hendrickson, the vehicle's owner, if there was more marijuana inside the car, he told him he had a decent amount. <laughs> That's a baller move. Officers found 15 pre-rolled joints in the car, as well as an ounce and a half of loose marijuana in separate baggies inside the vehicle, along with what appeared to be an AR-15 and another firearm look-alike. Okay, it could have been worse. He could have had 223 grams of methamphetamine. The firearms were BB guns. Yes. Hendrickson, who appeared in court on Monday, told police he used the marijuana for his PTSD before admitting he sold it to friends. He purchased the pot from people in Spokane, he said, according to a police report. Uh, if he doesn't post bail, Hendrickson will have probable cause hearing within 14 days. Great. <laughs> this guy is my There's a lot of morals to this, this little story here. Uh, if you're going to do it, be better. There's that. Yeah. Uh, be, be smart about it. And then... <laughs> Do you see me now, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> How you like me now? Uh-huh, Dad? There might now be some... you going to come to my t-ball game? And there might be a point here about maybe how it's very difficult to enforce uh, uh, marijuana uh, laws when Idaho is literally surrounded by states that have it legal you in some just way. Did. How much pot you got in your car? A decent, a decent amount. A decent amount. Bro. A decent amount. Pretty decent. <laughs> he just, yeah, he's decent. <laughs> What's that in your car? BB gun? <laughs> no license plates. Were you drinking and driving, sir? Yes. <laughs> Come on. The only thing that would have been better is if this guy had light-up sneakers. <laughs> then he got off Wish. Yeah, Heelys. Tries to run. Yeah, he like tries to run away. He thinks he's being faster because they light up. He's like he's taking off on foot, and then he, like he like pops his Heelys up, and like oh shit. Well, there's our one cuss word for per episode. <laughs> oh, and in that sweet paved parking lot, he's just oh, like, you know, like freshly paved. Like he's running, and then oh, there officers in pursuit. Oh, <laughs> oh damn! He's got wheels. <laughs> We're never gonna catch him. <laughs> Requesting backup. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, now but see now we're getting to a territory of like I think. Cops should have wheelies. Heelys? Heelys, yeah. In their boots? Yes. They need segways. <laughs> Give me a segway. Well, cop. okay. To be honest, it surprises me that Coeur doesn't have segway cops. With the like for the and, beach and whatnot? Yeah. yeah. In all in all serious, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised It would at all. make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. What's the next regional headline? Hit me. Uh, next week, Chansey. What do you That got? would be me. Uh, coming over here, uh, Post Falls Post pushes ahead. Uh, Post Falls American Legion Post 143. Oh, this is written by Beal Bealey. Uh, my counterpoint. Uh, counterpart? Counterpart, yes. Quarterline counterpart. Your alter ego? Yes. Yeah. Uh, 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 Bill Bealey over at the Quarterline Press. Uh, Post Falls American Legion Post 143 is pushing ahead with Memorial Day weekend activities and ceremonies starting Friday. Uh, others canceled in-person Memorial Day events due to the coronavirus, but Tim Shaw, spokesman for the American Legion, uh, Stephen H. Nip, Post 143, said he worked with uh, Evergreen Cemetery and the city of Post Falls to work out an alternative to the large gathering usually held on Memorial Day. Do, are you got a kid in, in that. Are they doing anything? So it sounds like all the Memorial Day stuff around here has been canceled. Has it? Yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, quote, I want to give a huge shout out to Kevin Palmer, Evergreen Cemetery, and the city of Post Falls for working with the American Legion Post 143. Uh, that was a quote from Tim Shaw. Uh, Brian... Bledsoe, B-L-E-D-S-O-E. Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Nailed it. Uh, adjunct, Nailed it. adjunct 
for American Legion Post 154. I did not know that that was a position with the American Legion. Uh, and Rathroom said they will be participating with the city of Rathroom in a virtual ceremony at noon on Memorial Day. Quote, please enjoy the ceremony from the comfort of your home, according to Rathroom Parks and Recreation. The cemetery will be open for families to visit their loved ones. However, spectators will not be allowed at the ceremony. Uh, here's a look at what's ahead. Friday, flags will be posted. Uh, Friday to Monday, the cemetery will be open for visitors. Monday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., members of Post 143 will be at the cemetery to hand out brochures with the history of Memorial Day and the list of names and of veterans in the area who have passed since last Memorial Day. Um, oh, oh, there's a lot of events here. Okay, I'm not going to go through the full things. But if you want to know more about that, visit that story on the Quillian Press. Cool. All right, quick ad here. Feed Your Need Marketplace and Health Bar offers smoothies and smoothie bowls as well as gifts. Home decor. Decor. Home decor. <laughs> this is like, I think my wife might pay for this ad, so if I mess it up, I'll, I'll just do it again. You don't know anyone at this place, Josh. I know everyone at this place. We can't lie to ourselves. You should. Oh, okay. Feed Your Need Marketplace and Health Bar offers smoothies and smoothie bowls as well as gifts. Home decor. <laughs> <laughs> and other items all crafted or upcycled by local or regional artisans. There is something there for everyone. Follow Feed Your Need on Instagram and Facebook to see all of the wonderful things in the store. They are located at 117 McKinley Avenue in Uptown Kellogg and open Wednesday through Friday, 10 a.m. through 6 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. through 2 p.m. They are here to feed your need. Hermdeker! Hermdeker. Good to leave that. That was hilarious. I like I'm that. dying right now. So, uh, this regional headline is the penultimate story to a uh, saga that we've been following out of uh, the Bonner County Daily Oh, Bay. no, we got another one? Oh, and it's what's the one? Priest Lake Man pleads in lewd case. No. So, okay. this is our, uh, our guy who absconded to Arizona. Uh, he's a creepy. Creepy. Okay. He's creepy AF. Yes! He's got to be. A priest lake man accused of rape. Monica burned our one cuss where we can't. (laughs) A priest lake man accused of rape and lewd conduct with minors is entering a pretrial settlement agreement to resolve his case. First District Court Records Show. William Scott Wegner. So he's the one uh, you remember. Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he entered an Alfred plea on uh, Alfred pleas to one count of rape and one count of lewd conduct in exchange for the pleas. A second lewd conduct charge was dismissed. Wagner, forty-one, entered the pleas on Thursday. Under such pleas, a defendant admits no wrongdoing, but concedes a conviction could be obtained if the matter were tried by a jury. Mm-hmm. Those are the sketchiest things ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wegner's pleas will be treated no differently than a standard plea of guilt when he is sentenced on August 18th. He remains in custody of the Bonner County Jail. Um, so his uh, he can't appeal. That's one of the things with these Alford pleas. He can't appeal it. Okay. He can um, or cannot? Can't. Okay, thanks. He cannot. Um, he can appeal his sentence if the court exceeds recommendations, but uh, he can't appeal his plea. Uh, the police bring an abrupt end to a case that's been pending for more than a year because uh, Wagner went on the lam on the eve of his bench trial in October 2019. He was apprehended in Apache County, Arizona after his girlfriend allegedly confessed in March to being in nearly daily phone contact with him and using his financial transaction card to supply him with cash while he was on the run. Uh, Wagner was indicted by a grand jury of March of last year. He was accused of ge- engaging in lewd conduct with a five-year-old in 2018. He was further accused of raping and engaging lewd conduct 
between the fall of 2017 and early 2019. Uh, the girlfriend, Sheena Elizabeth Adams, was also implicated in Wegner's misconduct and facing charges of aiding and abetting and felony injury to a child. Adams pleaded to the child endangerment charge and the aiding and abetting charge was dismissed in exchange for the plea. Adams was charged with harboring a fugitive and compounding a crime by hindering prosecution. Uh, she pleaded guilty to harboring charge, the harboring charge and compounding charge, but will be dismissed at sentencing. Her sentencing is uh, scheduled for Tuesday. Oh, my. So we've been following this for so long. This is like a 10 on the Bonner County crazy scale. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like uh, this story. They get some fun Heather stuff Scott, out there from time to time. They just kind of they fight for times. dominance up there. Certain dirtbags, man. So, yeah, and this guy, this guy just looks. Do you kind of, is it, could we almost draw like a direct comparison between this gentleman and... The Bank Street House, where we <laughs> kind of hope they have the same fate. Right. <laughs> well, he did enter an Alfred plea, so he's fully aware that he No, did. Monica's going for the original one with the Viking funeral. Oh, no, because uh-huh. that's a, a symbol of honor. Mm. I mean, witches get burned at the stake, though. So. There you go. Something along those lines. Something along those lines. So, chance. All right. Jumping over to the Daily Interlake. Uh, uh, yes. Mudman relaunch met with protest in Columbia Falls. Now, just a little background. This is something we've already talked about. This restaurant came under fire for, uh, like, like really terrible uh, employment practices. Okay. So, read that, and I think it'll come back to you, but that's why I picked this one. Okay. Um, written by uh, Kina? K-I-A-N-N-A. Kenna. 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 Kenna Gardner. Kenna. Kenna. Uh, yeah. Apologies, uh, Kenna. If uh, it's a lovely name. Botch your name. You can definitely shoot me an email. And if it is Kenna, then, I mean, it's still lovely. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. A uh, small group of protesters gathered in front of Mudman Burgers in Columbia Falls on Sunday to rally against the restaurant's relaunch. The group held up signs with various messages, including, quote, workers drug through mud and, quote, never fund a cult. And forced labor equals slavery. You started, they started out real clever and then just kind of, <laughs> yeah, I don't know anymore. The, demonstra- <laughs> the demonstration was organized via a public group on Facebook called Stop Mudman Burgers. And according to a recent post on the page, protesters are expected to assemble in front of the property again Friday. Facebook group currently has more than 2,000 members. Holy hell. Quote, we don't tolerate abuse under the disguise of religion in our valley, said one protester on Sunday who told the Hungry Horse News his name was Randall. So, gnome, was that a Gnome de Guerre? Maybe not Randall. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, the Columbia not. Falls restaurant is currently open for drive through service, according to a banner on the property. It is unclear whether the Kalispell Mudman Burgers location has reopened as well, and there is no relaunch announcement on the chain's social media pages or website. However, legal counsel for Potter's Field Ministries and Potter's Field Ranch, Inc., told the Daily Interlake in early March that the owners had plans to reopen both valley locations. Before folding last summer, the restaurants had operated as a doing business as entity, doing business as entity under the nonprofit umbrella of Potter's Field Ranch. But according to the Montana, Montana Secretary of State Office, Mudman Burgers is now registered as a for-profit limited liability company and is is in good active standing. 
the popular burger joints closed down last summer amid an outpouring of allegations of psychological, verbal, and spiritual spiritual abuse against the founders of Potter's Field and Mudman Burgers, Mike and Pam Roselle. This is where it gets interesting. As part of an internship program offered through Potter's Field Ministry, interns were expected to work 40 hours per week at a Mudman location. However, sources alleged that they would sometimes work closer to 80 hours per week for as little as 2 to $3 an hour. More than one dozen wage claims have been filed with the Montana Department of Labor and Industry. More than 20 sources told the Daily Interlake the ministry and associated restaurants operated as, quote, a cult. Since then, dozens more testimonies of abuse have been published on the religious blog website, uh, phoenixpreacher.com. So that's crazy. I've heard some stories uh, coming out of this where uh, like what people a bizarre would, story. would go to like this Potter's Field place. Mm-hmm. Um, like say you're like a recovering addict and you go through the Potter's Field uh, intern program where you're like, like getting right with yourself with and, and with Jesus and then mm-hmm. in, in exchange because like you need to be able to put on a resume that like you can hold a job and stuff like that mm-hmm. they'll put you to work in their restaurant and they'll pay you like next to nothing and it's part of the program which is how they were allegedly getting away with it oh it's a really fascinating story isn't that crazy it's like one of the best that is very unique story yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's why, and we we talked about this last year when this all started. This was one of our first regional headlines, actually, because I was like, wow, this is closing down, like it's big news, and then when I read the first time, I was like, whoa, this is really big news. Yeah, that's strange. Yeah. So, what a very bizarre story. Yeah, it's But a good find, absolutely. Yeah, crazy. Kudos, kudos to the Daily Interlake for finding that I one. I do enjoy hearing from our brethren over in Montana. We, we always always try to give them shout-outs when we yeah. can. So, hey, that's going to do it for this one. So check out our uh, our graduate tab like we talked about. Uh, make sure you please like, share, and follow us, whether you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Player FM. Now whatever it is. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Uh, Pandora? Are we there yet? We're almost there. Almost to Pandora. Almost. I forgot. But we are on Alexa now. On Alexa. 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 Yeah, Alexa. Alexa, play SMP now. Play SMP now. There you go. Full volume, please. There you go. I'm going to teach my ex-wife's kids to say that. Because they have (laughs) Alexa. (laughs) It's okay, though, because Tristan and her kids, like, think I'm cool. Fantastic. Totally rad. Um, But, yeah, no, this was a fun podcast, and I love when Monica comes in. It does definitely change our dynamic. I think uh, our ratings kind of show that uh, people mm-hmm. seem to really like it when Mon- Monica's here, too. Mm-hmm. So. I love coming in. And he, she was, like, on the front page last week. Now she's in the studio again mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And, I hit, I hit hard. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> don't hear about me for a couple months, but that's how it goes. No. Thank you <laughs> she, for having me. Oh, yeah. And uh, make sure... Uh, what else we got? We always have something else we say. Oh, uh, like, so like, comment, share. You got all that. Leave a nice review. Nice review is the nice one. Nice review. We don't appreciate leave a mean that. one. We don't care. You can find all of the stories that we talked about on shownewspress.com or the regionals on the respective uh, websites of those publications. And just to make sure that we hit the Ron Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. Yes. This weekend being Memorial Day weekend is the opportune time for... Living in the Woods. Something I won't be doing, but Chance does well. And it says live off the land. Yes, uh, when, you, when your father uh, was a seer specialist... Survivalist. Yes, survival school uh, uh, expert out of the Air Force. Uh, You you pick up a few things, and uh, living off the land, especially here in North Idaho, it is very important. 
uh, if things ever hit the fan. Like a pandemic? Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. You know the craziest part about that? Somebody sneezed simultaneously outside, as you said, pandemic. So I'm oh. a little bit nervous now. Mm. A little superstitious. Stay out of our uh, COVID cloud, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, once again, we'd like to thank the Silver Corner Bar. Please visit Silver Corner Bar uh, Facebook page for this week's cocktail menu and beer on tap. Growler fills are $14, and uh, Silver Corner Growlers are now available, and you can have them, uh, you can buy one and have it filled for $30, or you can mix and match craft beer six packs for $11. The Silver Corner Bar in Wallace is located at 601 Cedar Street. All right, that should be it for this week, and uh, that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.